welcome back to another episode of Concession Impressions. This time, a little bit different. We're going to be at home watching a streaming movie, so no car ride home today. But as always, I'm Michelangelo, and I'm joined with my trusty car companion, Chase. Hello. Hi. So for this episode, we're going to talk about the film that's out online. So streaming now on Apple TV, the movie Sharper. Sharper is a crime thriller film. How would you how would you summarize this film, Chase? Actually, I'm having a little trouble here. So I would summarize it as a heist film that doesn't end after the heist is over. It's heist film meets inception film. A heist within a heist within a post heist within the pre heist. It goes all over the place, but it, mm-hmm. I think in a, a very interesting way. Just to go into it more, this film stars Julianne Moore, Sebastian Stan, Justin Smith, Brianna Milderton, and John and John Lithgow. This movie was released by A24, but then it eventually came out on streaming on Apple TV+. Plus. Apple TV+, Plus is the official name. The story is kind of broken down, and it follows different characters throughout and their stories, and then you throughout the film, you as you watch each character's story, you kind of get the whole image, the whole story of this film, and what actually is kind of going on. It's kind of like the Rashomon of heist films, in a way. Yeah, that's that- that's a good way to put it. So yeah, let's let's jump into it. Without a further ado, let's just go in and uh, start talking about this film sharper. Spoilers abound. I don't know if I want to spoil the last twist, though. I don't know about you, but I think it's kind of worth. I think it's worth watching this one. So I think I don't want to completely just ruin the film. But I want to say this: I liked it, but the first thing I wrote down for my notes was I don't want Apple TV Plus. Like I don't want to subscribe to this. Like I like this film, but please don't don't make me get Apple TV Plus because I don't I don't want it. There's a lot of good stuff on Apple TV though. A lot Is of good there? TV shows. I don't know. I had Apple TV plus for a year because it came free with like a laptop i bought a few years back and mm-hmm. benefit of the doubt for the platform it was like three four years ago so i'm guessing I think it's really taken off over the last two years well still i was like there's nothing on here and i was just I didn't want it. I I, didn't, I used it maybe twice that year. And then since then, I'm like, there's no way I'm ever going to subscribe to Apple TV+. Plus. So that was kind of my first kind of big thing was just, this is a film that I kind of almost wish I could have seen in theaters because it was kind of a fun film. And I think the streaming doesn't necessarily do anything for it. If it had a wide release, I feel like it could have done better. And also probably more people would have heard about it because I'm sure most people listening to this right now are like sharper. What's that? I don't think a lot of people have Apple TV plus or if they have, they probably haven't seen it. Even you when I talked about it, you were like, I kind of don't know if I want to review this film because I never like, what is it? Yeah, I never heard of it. And for some reason, I think because of the name, sharper i thought it was a horror film and i was like not i wasn't feeling a horror film at the moment (laughs) so i was like eh, meh but then as soon as you told me it was a heist film i was like oh we haven't had a good heist film in like forever i would love a good heist film yeah and i'm such a fan of heist films i think 
this is the film that is like right up my alley. So I will say that right now that this kind of thing is just like what I like to go to the movies to watch, which is kind of what made me sad that I didn't have a chance to go and watch it in the theater. I, I had to just watch it on, on TV at home. Have you heard the theory that most filmmakers really love heist films because heist films are a lot like making a film. You kind of just throw it all together and hope the ending makes sense. (laughs) Right. You get all these disparate people who have all these weird niche skills. You bring them together all in service of one job to make a movie or to steal something from an impossible location. And you bring them together, you train them, you go over the plans, you coordinate and you develop your scenes that you're going to use to con the people into giving you their money and you know it's similar to filmmaking too like in film we put on this whole production just to get people to give us their money <laughs> and you know like there, there there's a thing about it right like filmmakers are sort of like oceans 11 <laughs> yeah i mean hey made me feel like i'm doing a much cooler thing now you're so. like the you as an editor are, are kind of like the the person in the chair there's always the man in the chair dang i don't want to be the man in the chair i want to be we're over analyzing this now but i have another question for you what makes a good heist film the build-up is half the heist the plan and everything that goes it and it just keeps building up building up building up but that's the thing actually one of my main points i wanted to talk about for this one actually is this is a fun heist film but i feel like is it worth being told because there are so many other heist films that i feel are just as good or or better do i want to watch this film or do i want to watch oceans 11 or do i want to watch the brothers bloom or do i want to watch like another heist film like what is this heist film bringing to the heist film genre and in my mind i was like it's fun but is it really bringing anything different it's just like another generic heist film in a way what do you think maybe maybe because i saw it streaming that i have this viewpoint that didn't really feel special. I actually kind of disagree a little bit. So I I actually think it adds something that we haven't seen a lot of in heist films, which is it carries on long after the heist is over. I think it's really not a very traditional heist film. There's really just one main heist that happens in the third act or in the first of the three acts. And that ends pretty quickly, actually. They get their money and then they agree to go their separate ways, only then it, it deviates and Julianne Moore's character makes her decision to stay with the John Lithgow character and actually go through with marrying him and becoming a, a billionaire in the process. And then from there, we almost don't know what's going to happen because we've now gone past what a traditional heist film is going to be, which is normally, like if you say it like Ocean's Eleven, there is this entire lead up and then the climax is the heist being pulled off and the resolution is that they win and they get their their money or they get their revenge or whatever. In this movie, they accomplish that by the end of the first act. And then you have this whole separate layer of the drama that occurs and the fallout that occurs from this heist film, which I think is so interesting. Okay, sure. But I think there's like several heists throughout this film because like mm-hmm. that one sure that you pointed out is the main heist. And then there's like a sub 
heist that's actually the very first heist you see in the film but then it kind of jumps back to the main one and then you kind of at the end of the film which i don't want to spoil but there's like a third heist that happens that was actually my favorite part because there's like all these con men who are trying to con each other where in the end you're like who conning who now kind of like who's mm-hmm. gonna be the one who wins kind of thing like that was my thought at the the last like 20 minutes of the film which i really liked i was like wait so is this like a secret thing of this person's gonna come up and be like yeah it was actually me all along i'm trying to be you know generic with this right now and it's not really descriptive of which character i'm talking about mainly because i don't want to spoil anything right that part was really fun to me and i do like how it jumps between the different characters and shows their perspectives on it throughout the film seeing hints and pieces of the whole big heist and all these what these little heists all mean and how it kind of all connects to this that first big heist of yes like where julianne moore and Sebastian Stan pretty much con John Lithgow out of his money. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed all of it. Like even the kind of subdued way that it played out the drama. Because it wasn't like over the top drama either. It was like pretty intimate. Like here's this one character and he's kind of a fuck up. And he has a genuine relationship with this other girl. And there's actual like interesting intimate drama within this heist movie. So I, I was into it all the way through i i would agree i do like it i think it was really cool and actually when my notes i wrote down were just cool and i did like the music too i like that like at times they had like this synthetic kind of keyboard music that they added to it which mm-hmm. kind of made me feel of like I don't know if you ever played this game, like Mass Effect or something like that, okay. uh, or like Metroid-ish. I don't know, like this like really like mm-hmm. futuristic synthetic kind of sound, which I thought I really enjoyed and kind of played to the movie's benefit. And also, I will say that I think Justice Smith did a great job in this film. And after watching it, I'm like a big fan of his. His performance was just really good. Yeah, I, he has good dramatic chops that he doesn't get cast enough in to use. I don't know. It's been a weird year for him. He's gotten on two different large franchises and then this movie, right? So he had Dungeons and Dragons. And what else did he have this year? Oh, Jurassic World. That was the other one. Another like oh. <laughs> trash, uh, big mega franchise. But he's definitely working his way up. So I, I think pretty soon we'll see him like either leading his own movie. I think he's great. I think he has the the chops to be a like a leading character or mm-hmm. a one of the leading. I mean, this one he's kind of a leading character, but more of like one of the main, the Sebastian Stan of the film. You know, I think he, I look forward to his progress as an actor, and I think he. He has the skills. So I think, especially after watching this, like if you want to see a film that does justice to Justice Smith, then watch this film. Because I think he has a really good performance for this film. I thought everybody had a really good performance. Even that unknown new girl. I've never seen her in anything before. And I thought she did really well. Which makes me think maybe like Justin Smith was like, I got to bring my A game because I got to make sure that like Julianne Moore and Sebastian Stan like me or something like that. You know, I don't know. But like, he, I mean, he oct- often acts with big name actors, but... So maybe like something about the crowd or maybe they just got had good chemistry but i do think they all did a really good job in this film the acting was was great and i liked how like kind of real and down to earth the characters felt weirdly enough even though they're in this very like not real situation they all felt kind of complex in a real way like it makes a lot of sense that julianne moore's character would do what she did It makes a lot of sense that Sebastian Stan's character would be kind of upset with all of that. It makes a lot of sense that this kind of runaway drug addicted character would end up doing the things that that they do. 
it makes a lot of sense that John Lithgow's character would be kind of such a dark, anti-human capitalist. <laughs> and, and all these things, like all of it makes sense, which you don't always get in movies. Like that's sort of the problem with some of these movies like Dungeons and Dragons, where the characters don't all like actually make real sense. They're just kind of meant to be this kind of stereotype archetype character whereas these characters are all relatively well-rounded and complex and they have real motivations that are understandable even if they're doing really heinous or really out there wild things their motivations are always clear why they're doing it so even the big twist at the end kind of makes sense even though it's wild and in no way would ever happen or occur in the real world true or ever actually work in the real world. and actually i wanted to talk about the ending for a second even though i know we haven't have the tiptoe around it in terms of spoiling and stuff but did it make sense to you i feel like it was very cinematic and fun but i don't know if it felt super realistic i don't know I, maybe it's like more realistic in terms of other heist films but mm. what do you think about because like you said this film does have a really well balanced like realistic feeling characters realistic feeling world even though like there's elements of like these heist and stuff that are not out of this world in a way of like these really sharp-minded people really just on the edge and knowing every single sentence to say, every single word to say, every single action to do, down to the, the millisecond that they can perform these incredible heists, feels not really of this world. How did you feel about this ending or the ending heist of this film? Did it take you out of this more realistic characters and realistic world that they kind of built up throughout? I, I suppose it did. But I didn't really care because it was like the last five minutes of the film anyway. And the last five minutes of the film, it was kind of fun. Like the results, the consequences of these actions, at least it's at the very end. You know, it's a big, it's a surprise moment as opposed to like earned big reveal. It's more of just uh -huh. like, look at this surprise. <laughs> and I think that is the only time that can work is at the very end like that, where you're not asking your, your audience to stay there any longer. You're just kind of ending on this big explosive moment. And I thought it had like sweet consequences, which were nice. Yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it all really, honestly. I would love to talk to the writer of this film and like figure out what his writing process was when writing this movie, because to me, it felt in a really nice way, sort of stream of consciousness. Not That's not quite, quite the right way to put it, but it, it flowed really well for me where like as soon as I was about to get bored of a scene it immediately shifted into something else entirely or it immediately complicated the situation or it immediately did something like at just the right time like in particular there was one moment around two-thirds of the way in the film where julianne moore i guess is about to double cross her team right and we don't know that she's about to double cross them yet we think they're just doing their victory lap and i was like okay i looked at the time because this is one of the problems with streaming is that you can look at the time of the movie while you're how much movie there is left while you're watching the movie and so i saw like there's a third of the movie left i'm like oh this is gonna get really boring isn't it and then they did that perfect twist. And so that immediately re-engaged me with the movie. I really enjoyed a lot of it because of how well the twists were written into the movie. The writer is writing each scene and then 
developing a new twist based off of what just happened in the previous scene. That's kind of how it felt to me. Does that make sense? As opposed to like, he had a concept of where he was going to land eventually. Gotcha. I was interested. Hold on one sec. Let me look this up. I think the... the one of the writers for this film is japanese actually so mm. i wonder if he had some inspiration from rashomon or something like that could be but the thing is it's interesting is that the writers for this film i was not expect them to write something like this because they don't have many like big name stories behind them like they have like just random stuff that I think I've never really watched, which I'm kind of surprised that they kind of not pulled it off. But, you know, like I think they do a really good job for for like what kind of credits they have. It just felt every time they would they would come up with like a mini arc. And then at the end of that arc, they would find right before they were about to conclude that arc, they would find some way to twist it in a really nice way that continued to grow the stakes which is something we've been talking about over these last few episodes that we've recorded and so usually it's like oh plot requires us to go find this new type of character so now we're going to all take the story and we're going to head over to find this one character who has this one skill that's what happens in in the oceans movie all the time is that each time the plot rises because there's a a plot specific reason why they can't continue forward so they have to go find a safe cracker who is able to be an acrobat or something you know like that's how a typical heist film tends to raise the stakes this movie raises the stakes in a much more like classical drama sense where all of the rising stakes come from characters and character motivations which is why I think it feels kind of fresher to me. Hearing that actually maybe makes me want to go back on what I was saying earlier about how it feels like a just a heist film. But that makes me even more curious to hear now what your thoughts, what your concession impression is of the film. I, I think I've talked it up a lot, but I'm still only going to give it a popcorn. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Because actually, after hearing all that, I was kind of like thinking like, oh, are you going to give this film a peanut M&M's? And then but, it, okay. it's a really good popcorn. It's like really fresh, really nice, perfectly temperate with a nice, healthy coating of butter or unhealthy, whichever you prefer. And <laughs> and it, you know, it's really tasty. It's really, really good popcorn. But I think the one element that it's missing for me is to be like an M&M film is the really thoughtful discussion of its elements as it applies to the world. It never quite says anything really deep or does any kind of real introspection about like wealth or about money hoarding or about, I don't know, why are there these con people? What, what, what in society is causing these con artists to exist? And I think I wanted, I wanted something like that and I thought this movie was leading towards that. So it kind of gave me a little bit of like story blue balls in that one particular area. Because they kind of hinted at it like like by making John Lithgow such a, a cold-hearted capitalist and being like, sure, I'll just pay off your drug-addicted son to leave. And he like doesn't really care about his own son because his own son is a disappointment and wants to go into the arts instead of going into being a hedge fund manager. You know, they kind of hinted that there was going to be some sort of like I don't know, not necessarily anti-capitalist, but maybe some kind of capitalist criticism. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of wanted to see that more, and it never really goes there. 
I I got you. I got you. I got you. I will also say that I'm going to give it a popcorn as well. So I, don't worry. I'm on the same page as you. I wonder also if this actually played in movie theaters, if I would have given it M&M. But I think watching it at home definitely kind of hurt its its score for it me a little bit. Grand. Yeah. 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 And also, I think you're, you made some really uh, good points there. So I think just kind of boiled down to this is popcorn film. But yeah. I think overall it was enjoyable. I think if you have Apple TV Plus, go watch it for sure because it, it's you know it's a great watch. Definitely. Well, I think that's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Concession Impressions. Go watch the film on Apple TV Plus if you are interested in it. And as always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Film Cookbook. Also, if you would be so gracious, please, please give us a review on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Be like, hey, Apple Podcasts, I just watched this film on Apple Plus, and I love this podcast. Woo! Something like that, you know? We'll love that. Anyways, that is it for this episode. We'll catch you all on the next week of Concession Impressions. We hope you have a great week. Toodaloo, everyone. Bye. I think you're the man in the chair when it comes to heist films. Where do you think I am? What character am I? You'd be the Affleck. Oh, the one that is unsure of his skills. Because okay. Chase, you just got to be sure of your skills. You got this. That feels accurate. <laughs>